can think about the fear that the people were carrying. Because the Easter story happened, like it's a true story, it happened to real people in a real time in a real place. And they're just like you and I, they had worries, they had fears. And we know that some of them were hiding because they were fearful. They were fearful that maybe they would be next. What happened to Jesus, that may happen to me. They were fearful. Maybe they're going to come and shut my business down. You know, they're going to run us out of town. And that would happen eventually. But think about the fear that they were experiencing. Here's my question for you. As we go into this teaching, my question for you is, what fear are you carrying with you today? What's the fear that you carry on you? Now, sometimes fear can be a good thing. Uh, You know, there's a good fear and a bad fear. Uh, Sometimes the kind of fear that makes you heighten, you know, uh, heightens your awareness when you're walking to your car, right? And you're like, ooh, something just doesn't feel right. And you're like um, going to your car and you're, you know, you're looking all around. And then you go and before uh, you actually get in your car, you look in the back seat ready to throat punch anybody that's back there, right? That kind of fear, that's a good fear, right? It's a whole fight or flight thing. That's a good thing. There's another kind of good fear, the kind of fear that the Bible tells us that, is the, um, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's a holy fear, uh, like a, not a, like a scare, like a cowering type of fear. That's a reverent fear. That's a good kind of fear. But then there's the kind of fear that weighs us down. There's the kind of fear that feels like a ball and chain in our life. The kind of fear... That you may have because you fear rejection. And because of your fear of rejection, you just won't apply. You will not submit your resume for that job, for that role, for that posting. Because you're fearful. And that keeps you paralyzed. It keeps you from experiencing something that very well could be yours. But you have that fear of rejection. For some of you, the fear of rejection is, oh, I could never ask him out. I could never ask her out. Because you're fearful. Of the rejection. For some others, maybe it's the idea of fear of change. And there's and there's no one who loves. Let me let me just be very clear about this. There's no one who loves routine more than me. I love rhythm. I love figuring out what's the best rhythm so I can do it the fastest, the quickest. Right. Uh, So rhythms are a good thing, and living out of a routine is a good thing. But. If you know that there needs to be a change in your life and you fear is holding you back from making that change because you just fear change. That's like that ball and chain. It's slowing you down. It's paralyzing you. Maybe you have the fear, the fear of feeling like you're not good enough. Have you ever experienced that fear? This is the one that I struggle with. And I'll never forget when it first showed up into my life. I was just in first grade when this fear overwhelmed me of not being good enough. I had just finished my first grade year. And like uh, we did often after we would finish a school year, my dad would take us out to eat. And at this time, we lived in Modoc, Indiana, which is literally in the middle of nowhere. And we had to drive 20 minutes to find a pizza place. And so in Lynn, Indiana, I, I remember this little town that we went to, first grade. We go to Lynn, Indiana. We're having pizza around uh, in this restaurant. And my dad, the best that he could at that table, he would tell me that my teachers 
think that it's best for me to repeat first grade again. Yeah. And that's how I felt. That weighed on me. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm not good enough. I can't even pass first grade. You know? I mean, how bad does that have to get? I have a reading, uh, a learning disability, uh, reading and comprehension, couldn't speak. Uh, even at one point, doctors talking about clipping something in my tongue so I could speak better. And I'm just like, I knew it. I, I'm just not good enough. And so I would fight that the rest of my life. I fight that to this day. Every time I walk up those stairs, how in the world, God, could you do this? But then I discovered this is how I could do it, through the power of the resurrection. Here's what I want us to see, the big idea today, for the resurrection of Jesus offers freedom, not fear. The power of the resurrection offers me a freedom over my fear of not being good enough. And whatever the fear that you are carrying, whatever that fear is, the power of the resurrection offers you that same freedom. And my plea, my call, my prayer for you is don't live in that fear. Live in the power of the resurrection where there is freedom. And that's what we're going to see in our text today. Matthew chapter 28. Take your Bibles. If you're in South County, take your Bible. If you're online, find a Bible. If you're right here in the room, pull out your phone, open up your Bible app. Um, if you don't have a Bible and you're newer, we give away free Bibles here. We'll give you a Bible. Go to the Welcome Center. They would love to give you a Bible and because I want you to see this I want you to um, be able to read right from God's word and see the truth that we are going to experience Maggie has already read our text now we're just going to walk through our text here in Matthew chapter 28 and verse number one early on Sunday morning as the new day was dawning Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb suddenly there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear. Here's the first time we're going to see fear show up, or the idea of fear show up in this text. Here's the first time we see it showing up in this text. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Why? Because that's what sometimes fear does to you. And sometimes, maybe you have experienced that. You've experienced anxiety. You experienced that and it, got, it became so overwhelming, you started hyperventilating and you passed out, right? Well, here are these Roman guards, these, you know, a man's man. These are like macho men guarding this thing. Their fear overcame them so much that they passed out. But notice the women, they didn't. Then, then the angel spoke to the women. Isn't that funny? Yeah, it's like the, the, the soldiers pass out. The women, man, they're still going strong. But they are afraid. The angel uh, spoke uh, to the women, don't be afraid. I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. I want you to hear this. What, whatever fear that you're carrying with you today, can you hear this same word? You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to carry that fear that you're carrying. I hope that you'll hear the same message that Jesus gave this angel to give to these women. I hope that you'll hear that same message for you. This is for you. And this is for me. I don't have to carry that fear. 
we can find freedom through the power of the resurrection. And here, as the angel looks at these two women, he says, don't be afraid. Come on in. Look. Um, uh, uh, he says, I know what, you, what you're looking for. You're looking for Jesus. He's crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Just as he said would happen, come see where his body was lying. I love that the angel says this. The angel says, just as he said would happen. Why? Because we have a tendency to forget. And here the angel is reminding them, hey, what's happening is exactly what Jesus said would happen. A few chapters before, in chapter 16 of Matthew, Matthew would share this narrative with us. He would say, from then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly. Like he wasn't telling parables and like read between the lines. No, he said it plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem. It was necessary that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of the the religious law, that they would actually kill me, is what Jesus is saying. And he said very plainly to them, but on the third day I will rise from the dead. I mean, he he taught them this very plainly. Why? The angel's reminding them that you can trust what Jesus says, because right now they're experiencing this. They're experiencing the very thing that Jesus had told them very plainly. And now the angel will look at those two Marys and he'll say, go quickly and tell uh, his disciples that he is risen from the dead and that he's going ahead of you into Galilee and you will see him there. Remember what I have told you. Why? Because just on the night, as, as, just as far back, three days ago, on that very night when he was arrested, he told his disciples in Matthew 26, he said, I'm going to die, I'm going to rise again, but I'll meet you again, I'll see you in Galilee. And now here, why, why, is, this, there's a, why is there this emphasis of remember what I said? Because the angel is trying To help them understand that you can trust what Jesus says. And so can you. You and I can trust Jesus. And that Jesus will do everything that he said that he would do. So the women... The women ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened. But also filled with great joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. I want us to notice this. Notice that just because of the power of the resurrection and it allows us to live in freedom and not in fear does not mean we won't have that emotion or that feeling of fear. They were still fearful. In fact, it says they were very frightened. So there was this idea of fear in their life. But they, they learned how to manage that with the tension of the joy that Jesus would bring because of the freedom that he would bring. And notice that they're living in freedom. Their, their fear did not paralyze them. Their fear did not keep them from moving forward. See, that's the, that's the beauty of the resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus offers freedom over our paralyzing fear. And he wants to do that in your life. What's the fear that you're carrying? What's the fear that's holding you back? What is that fear so that you can actually experience the freedom of the power of the resurrection? 
So in the lives of these of these women, it says as they went. So they're you know they're going back they're going back quickly. And Jesus met them and greeted them, and they ran to him and grasped his feet and they worshipped him. Don't you love the idea that Jesus meets you right where you are? See, it wasn't enough just that they had this message from uh, from, from the angel. Jesus is going to come and meet them right where they are. Jesus will meet you right where you. are. Are. And then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. As though the message from the angel wasn't enough, just in case that wasn't enough, he's going to reinforce this idea from the very mouth of Jesus. Don't be afraid. Don't fear. Don't let fear paralyze you. And then he says this. He says, go and tell my brothers. He says to leave for Galilee and they will see me there. He's, he's inviting them to go and tell my brother, go and tell the other disciples, not just the 11, but all those who are following him. And, you know, in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, um, they're in these Gospels, uh, several of them tell the same story just from a different perspective. Sometimes we get some other details. And in Mark, Mark chapter 16, in verse number seven, we get a detail that Matthew leaves out. I love the detail that Mark gives us. So let's read that. Um, let's jump over to Mark 16, verse number 7. It says, now go. Now, same story, same narrative. Is this, G, this that uh, Mark adds this detail. Now go and tell his disciples, including Peter. You go and tell the disciples, you go tell my followers, but make sure you include Peter. I want Peter to hear this message that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you um, uh, before he died. Why would, why would Mark include that? Why would Jesus make sure that Peter, of all of them, that Peter would hear this? I wonder if it wasn't this. I wonder if it wasn't because on that very night when Jesus was arrested... As Peter warmed himself around that fire in that courtyard where all the charges were being brought against Jesus. That that teenage girl first runs up to him and says, you're one of them. And Peter's like, no, I'm not. I'm not one of them. And then he would continue to warm himself and somebody else would come and say, you're, you're a follower of Jesus. And he would say, no, I'm not. What are you talking about? You're crazy. Get out of here. Right? And then this would happen a third time. And on that third time, that person would accuse him of being a follower of Jesus and he would adamantly deny it so much so that he would swear. He would be like, beep, 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 beep. No, I'm not a, I'm not a follower. And then a rooster would crow. And then all of a sudden, a flashback from just hours before where Jesus would look at him and say, Peter... Before this night's over, you're going to deny me. And he adamantly swore that he would not. I'll fight to you till death. But then he denies him three times. And the scripture tells us that Jesus went away, or that Peter went away and wept bitterly. Think about the shame that he's carrying because he denied Jesus. What's the shame that you carry? Some of you may feel like that you have gotten too far from God. Some of you may feel like that you went too far into the rabbit hole. And there's no way back out for you. But will you hear this? That if Jesus could put your name there, he would say, go and tell my disciples and you. 
You who think you got too far away from me. You're not too far away from me. My grace and my mercy, it's there for you. My grace and mercy will hunt you down. And it's there waiting for you to respond, waiting for you to come back. You cannot go too far from God. He is calling you. His, you can never outrun His grace. You can never outrun His mercy. You just have to stop, repent, do a 180 and receive it. And I wonder if that's where you find yourself today. I know that Zoe Rodriguez found herself in this place. Zoe uh, shares, uh, um, actually, my wife's name is Zoe too. So me and Zoe sat down with Zoe Rodriguez. And as we heard her story, I, I asked, I was like, oh my gosh, Zoe, you've got to share your story with our church. And so she agreed. Zoe found herself. She's only been a part of our church family for about a year and a half. She jumped right in. She started serving. God is doing a transforming work in her life. Her story, she had no church background. In her story, um, she's in this abusive relationship for over seven years. And fearing, how do I get out of this? Fearing all the questions around that. And in that, on the worst night of her life, she would call out to God and say, God, are you even there? And that would be the beginning of her spiritual journey. As she would try and search. And as she did, she went down a rabbit hole. And on that spiritual journey, she would find out that what she thought was good was actually dark. It was evil. It was bad. And taking her a different direction. And then she thought, oh my gosh, now I've went too far from God. But then, she did not have a Bible. But as she went and bought a Bible, and opened up, and started just reading from the very beginning, she came to understand the grace and the mercy of God. And she became overwhelmed by His love and His grace. Listen to Zoe in her own words. Hi, my name is Zoe Rodriguez, and this is my story. I was in a relationship for seven years that was very unhealthy. I knew I had to get out of it. I just didn't know how. I was afraid of what was on the other side if I were to leave, and I was afraid of being alone. had one of the worst days of my life and at the end of it I cried out to God and it was the first time I had done so but I was desperate and I, I knew I needed him if he was there and that was the beginning of my spiritual journey. Soon after I left that relationship and I went down a path of destruction, I got into tarot, and during that time, I continued to pray to God. I was seeking truth, and I wanted to know Him. God eventually led me to the Bible, and in the Bible, He revealed His character to me. As I read the Bible, I realized that 
tarot wasn't as innocent as I had thought it was, and it was actually pretty dark. And not only was I afraid of the darkness that I exposed myself to, I was also afraid that I had distanced myself too far from God. So I continued to pray and I continued to read God's word. And through reading his word, he revealed his character to me. And I was filled with love and peace that I had never experienced before. What I love about having God in my life is that I can lean on him whenever I find myself fearful in life and God has helped me see the beauty in the small things in life. If anybody has had similar experiences, I'd love to talk with you and I'd love you to experience God and his love the way that I have. And that's Zoe's story. And it took a lot of courage for her to be able to share her story in that way. But she means that. She would love to connect with you. And if you would like to be connected, if you would like, um, I would love to make that introduction for you because her experience could be your experience. You could be set free. You could experience the freedom there is in the power of the resurrection and it would diminish your fear. Not make it go away. It won't just like magically disappear. No, it's going to be there, but you'll have power over it and you'll be able to move forward and not be paralyzed. As we wrap up, I want you to hear Jesus' words. This is the very last verse in that chapter. And in chapter 28, the very last verse, this is like a direct quote from Jesus to his followers, from the eyewitnesses as they write this down. And this is, there are, um, it's not just the 11 disciples who are there. It's all those who believed in him who were in that area, there on that mountain of olives, as he would ascend back to heaven. As he's leaving, he tells them this. He says, take this story, take the story, this power, the power of the resurrection where people can actually find freedom over their fear. I want you to take that and you spread it. And as you make disciples, as people actually surrender to that story, then you need to teach them. And that's what he says here. Teach these new disciples to obey the commands I have given you and be sure of this. Please don't miss. This is such an important phrase. And be sure of this. You can be confident of this. Every one of you. And, and here's what I, I wish. I wish that you uh, could put your name there and be sure of this. Rick. You know, and if you, if you could put your name there and be sure of this, Sue, be sure of this, John, be sure of this, James, I am with you always. This is something that you can count on. This is something that you can go, uh, just like you have that friend, you have that coworker who you can count on. You know that if you give them a project, man, they're going to finish it. You never have to check up on them. You know that if your spouse tells you they're going to do something, they're going to do that. You have that friend who's like that. Even more, you have Jesus, the one who overcame uh, the, re- uh, the death, the one who came back from the dead. You have him saying, I will be with you always I'm going to be with you even till the end of the age or the way we would say it until you breathe your last breath you can count on it and that's what gives us the freedom over whatever fear that you are carrying and I wonder 
Have you experienced this? Do you, you need to remind yourself of the very words of Jesus that you can be sure of this. You can count on it more than that person in your life that you count on to get the job done. You can count on Jesus and he promises to be with you. He promises to be with you and he promises you to be there until the very end. I've had the privilege of sitting by the deathbed of several Christ followers. And there is nothing like being next to them. There is nothing like being next to them because as they are breathing their last breaths, they are saying, I know, I'm not fearful. It doesn't matter that this terminal illness has taken my life because I know that Jesus is with me. And then I've been at the side of a bed of somebody else who doesn't know Jesus, who doesn't have this confidence. And there's all this fear. There's all this wonder. And they start questioning what they believe. Do I really believe that my body's just going to decay in the, in the grave? Or is there really something else out there? And they leave with all this doubt and fear and worry. But let me tell you, you don't have to be that person. You can be this confident that as you are taking your last breath, Jesus promised to be with you always. And your life doesn't end when you breathe your last breath here. It just continues on into your eternal life where you there now you're, you're eye to eye with Jesus. And there's no better way to go through life than that way. So... We always talk about next steps around here. There's, there's definitely a next step because of this truth that the resurrection of Jesus offers freedom and not fear. Fear. And I don't know. We, talk, we asked you. I asked you to think about the fear that you're carrying. Here's what I want you to do that. If you're watching online, I want you to look for that link for the connection card. In South County, Pete gave you a connection card as you came in or you, it was on your chair when you came in. And the connection card right here in the room, um, there in the chair in front of you. Will you just reach up? Everybody reach up. Take the connection card out of that chair in front of you. And here, are, here is a possible next step for you. Maybe your next step is this. I am carrying the fear of, and whatever that fear is, what I'm asking you to do is actually to write that on the part where it says pray for me. Just write that one word and, and put your name. Because this week when our team gathers, we're going to pray your name. and We're going to pray that God will, uh, will help you to experience the freedom that the resurrection actually will bring into your life. So that you don't have to carry that fear. And what if this week you were actually set free? What if this week you felt that chain break and you were able to manage the tension between the, the fear and the joy that Jesus will give you? This could be your week. So won't you let us pray for you by name and by whatever that fear. So put it on there, write it down. And here's what you do with those connection cards. On your way out, you just put them in the offering boxes on your way out. Just drop them right in the offering boxes, which are in the back of this room. If you're online, um, it's automatically going to come into our office. If you're in South County, just give it back to Pete. Pete will make sure that we receive that um, here in the office so that when we gather, we'll pray for you and that you can experience freedom this very week. Now, there are some others of you. Maybe you're online, um, and, uh, or you're at South County, or maybe you're right here. And you have never experienced the freedom that the cross brings, that the power of the resurrection brings to your spiritual life. 
Like you're still, you still are living in the place of you're unsure about what would happen after you breathe your last breath. That's what this other next step is. It says, I want to experience the power of the resurrection and be free from my fear of death by trusting Jesus as my Savior. If this is where you find yourself, won't you let us pray for you? Just um, circle on the connection card, circle step number two. Put your name. And this week, we're going to pray that, you, that God will reveal himself like he did to Zoe Rodriguez. And you watch the transformation. You watch the way that, that God will show up in your life. And you could have a story like Zoe's. If you put your phone number on there, I would love to have a conversation with you. We'll, we'll reach out to you. We'll call. And we'll say, hey, can we talk? I hope that you'll do that. Again, the connection card goes into the offering boxes in the back. Um, And we want to wrap up this teaching today with this truth. The truth is that Jesus is our living hope. So we're going to ask everyone to stand. In South County, will you stand? And we're going to ask you, as you stand, to declare that Jesus is your living hope through the lyrics in this song. And let's leave today remembering that we can have a living hope.